Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green, joined as always by the inventor of the infomercial and the original Shark on the hit TV show, Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here, Seth. Thanks, man. Let's get started. All right. We've got an awesome guest today, Steve Sims, who is the founder of Bluefish, one of the world's top personal concierge services and an expert marketer in the luxury industry. If you want to sing with your favorite rock star, be serenaded by Andrea Bocelli, get married at the Vatican, or dive the wreck of the Titanic, He makes it happen. He's been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, the London Sunday Times, the South China Post, and many more. And he's also the author of Bluefishing, The Art of Making Anything Happen. Steve, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. So how did you start Bluefish, one of the world's top luxury concierge firms? (laughs) From working on the door of a dodgy nightclub in Hong Kong. Um, (laughs) It it sounds funny, but it's very accurate. I thought my life was at an all-time low by literally being a doorman. And it gave me a phenomenal pedestal to look at people as they were coming into the club. And I literally played the game of, I wish I could be him. I don't want to be him. And then once I started finding out the people I did want to be, just like you are with podcasts nowadays, I found a reason to talk to them. And by being a doorman, I knew well the the nightclubs, the premieres, the openings were going to be. So I was able to go up to them and go, hey, Johnny, you know, I know you like a good time. Are you going to Hillary's party? Would you like me to get you? And I was trying to find a reason for these people to talk to me. And it was my way of networking back in the the late 80s. Um, And it worked. And they say you're a combination of the five people you hang around with. My guys were broke-ass British bikers. So (laughs) I had to create a new new five. And Mm. funny enough, from being a doorman, it really worked well. Hey, but by the way, I was at a dodgy club one week ago in Hong Kong, um, and and but it was it. But believe it or not, it was at noon because I was watching the, um, the the championship football game, college. Uh, yep. the, that's when the game was in in, in at noon in Hong Kong. It's uh, you know like uh, eleven o'clock at night on uh, in the U.S. But. Uh, great market over there, and I, I love the story how you, how you got started. So you've expanded your connections. I think is is what you what you basically said here to to be yeah. able to connect people with 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 a with a great kind of like a dream team. I guess you've assembled. 
Yeah, it started off kind of like just trying to get to know them by giving them what they wanted. And what I felt they wanted was a better nightlife. And then the better nightlife turned into me actually doing the events. Then I actually started kind of like arranging their travel experiences. And then funny enough, some of the biggest events that I already always tried to get people into, I ended up working with. So everyone from the music award shows, Elton John's Oscar party, the New York Fashion Week, Ferrari, Formula One. I ended up starting to work with these people, throwing the events, marketing, consulting, branding. And so it went from being a doorman to actually trying to create an experience, an impact, an emotion, a trigger. Um, And it grew from there into what it is now 20 plus years later. Have you moved back to the States or are you in England or where are you based now? So I went the long way round. I left England uh, for Hong Kong because it was an expatriate country at the time. Um, Then I moved down to Bangkok, uh, Switzerland, uh, Palm Beach was my first foray into uh, Florida and then moved over to Los Angeles, I think like 10, 11 years ago. So I'm sitting up here now in the hills of L.A. Nice. It's not okay, too so shabby. That's a good, <laughs> well, shabby for your all. business, that's a good place to be, Los Angeles, right? You know? you know, it's a funny thing. Everyone thinks that my, my business is, is, is here. Some of the access is here because obviously all the award shows, all the studios, all the celebrities that my clients yeah. want to meet are here. But the majority of my profit margins come from like Ukraine, Poland, Japan, Korea, Australia. So, yeah, I would say about 70% of my client bank is in the States. None of my clients live in Los Angeles, but Hmm. about 80% of my profit margin actually comes from overseas and moves as the economic does. Like a few years ago, Russia was booming. And everything I was doing was with Russia. Then everything was Korea. Then everything was Australia during the recession because Australia wasn't impacted by the recession. So it moves around as the cycle does. So money moves around the globe and then finds you because they want to come here and meet our celebrities, hypothetically. Yeah, you know, I've, I had, I've had clients ask me to get them married in the Vatican by the Pope. Uh, one of my famous gigs that people know about is I closed down the Academia Museum, set up a table of six at the feet of Michelangelo's David. And then I thought for a good giggle, I'd get Andrea Bocelli to come in and serenade him while they're eating that meal. And the client had no idea of Andrea Bocelli. He knew about the academia, but he didn't know he was going to be sung to by you know, an icon of today's music. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. So what's the strangest request anyone has ever asked for? Well, it's the one that we refused. Marrying by the Pope is a pretty good one, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm afraid that 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 question only brings up one guy, and it was in Palm Beach. He actually contacted us because he wanted to detonate a nuclear warhead. And we said to him, you know, why do you want to do that? And literally he said, I want to push the button of the most powerful thing in the world. And... This was, this was before 9-11 and anything like that. And if it had happened after that, maybe we'd be making a phone call. But that was probably the strangest one that we had to go. Um, we're not going to condone or get involved in that. Right. There yeah, I was going to say, your, your access to uh, out, you know, music celebrities doesn't necessarily translate into like top secret security clearance at the Pentagon. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But funny enough, I've, I've worked for the Pentagon. I've spoken at the Pentagon. But it's just one of those things that I always thought, I only wanted to do stuff that would give people interesting cocktail stories. That was way too much of just a power hike. And it really wasn't something I wanted to get playing in. I, mean, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but I assume you, your business model is to go out and cost everything out, put your markup on it. And is that your, is that your money or do you have any kind of subscription revenue or, you know, no. what's your business model? 
so there's two things. Uh, one of them is I'm all about communication, uh, communication and connectivity. If I wanted to get involved with you, rather than come to you with a checkbook, because let's be serious, that's just the, the, the back engine. I would say to you, hey, you know, what are you working on? What, I can, what can I help you with? How can I bring value to you? Now, rather than ask you that, I would do my digging first and be able to come to you and say, hey, Kevin, I know you've got this book. I know you've got this show. I know you've got this tour. I know you've got this presentation. I would like to bring this group of people. I would like to market it out. Or by the way, I'll pay your fee, but there's this added value, which would show you that I paid attention to what's important to you before I ask you my ask. Now, two years ago, I was approached by Simon Schuster, you know, one of the biggest publishing houses in America, to write a book on all the famous people I was dealing with. Now, if I did that, I'd be dead by cocktail hour. So we actually ended up twisting the, the premise of the book and released a book on how a bricklayer from London can be doing this with Elton John and Richard Branson and all these people. And it became a how-to. To be blunt, I didn't think it was going to be successful. I just thought it was cool that I was able to, to voice my opinion and to do a book. It took off. And so now I do have subscription, consulting. I have Sims Distillery. There's a lot of things. And without realizing it, and without a lot of people realizing it, when you write a book, you actually start a whole new chapter of your life. And you invent, if it's successful, you've now just started a whole new business. So right. now I've got the concierge firm and I've got the independent um, branding and marketing firm, which is actually show, shoving me into all these subscription and online markets that I was never in before. So talk a little bit about that for a minute. So what, uh, what are your subscription, for an example, what is something we could subscribe to? What is something we could be a member of without necessarily writing a really, really large check to have Andrea Bocelli sing to us at dinner? Well, the good thing is, and we were discussing this earlier, some of our connections like Joe Polish and people like this, the good thing is I had all of those friends before I went into this field. So I could literally look at a lot of them and mirror what it was. So the book's a very cheap entry point into my opinions, but I've got the Art of Making Things Happen podcast and an Entrepreneur's Advantage Facebook page. When you do, when you're trying to get a reach out, if you've got these areas of free information, free advice, and also an introduction of, to your opinion, then when they want to get on board, they can join simsdistillery.com, which is a, a, an annual uh, online uh, video subscription on how to connect with anyone in the world. I okay, think that's so about 300. not, let's say, whiskey. It, no, it isn't. It's funny because everyone knows I like whiskey. Sims Distillery just became a quirky, cool thing. And we actually do events called speakeasies. So <laughs> the whole kind of like, you know, everyone knows I like to have a whiskey in my hand. It became my running theme. And so, yeah, hey, also, you gotta, don't argue with, with a name it. like that, you got to put out a liquor brand as well. It's got to come, isn't it? I, I think I think you should. I think well, maybe maybe Kevin can give you some advice on that. Actually, like <laughs> co-branded a decent whiskey, but oh, it's hey. it's been real fun learning. And one thing, one lesson, and I want to give the lessons. This isn't a pitch fest. One of the lessons I've learned is that there's a lot of experts out there that are repeating what they did five years ago, which now doesn't work. It only works for them because they've got that momentum. But we're in a different universe today, and nano influencers, TikTok, different platforms coming up. Anyone new on the field has to be able to adapt, edit, and tweak on a constant, constant motion as they build up their brand and name. It's very interesting, very exciting, but also very tiring. Okay, you said, that I, I caught somewhere in there that when we talked about the nuclear 
detonator, you had mentioned <laughs> that you had spoken at the Pentagon. How yeah. did that happen and what did you talk about? Well, it was it was kind of weird. You know, people started reaching out to me about, you know, how to be how to be an entrepreneur. And um, there was a gentleman by the name of Phil Landozzi for American Dream U. And he brings entrepreneurs onto stages in military bases. And he contacted me and said, hey, could we have you speak at, um, I think it was Fort Hood. Um, and I spoke there. What I didn't realize, and it was all about how the military could come out and use our hustle in the military to become, you know, civilians and have ah, businesses military entrepreneurial yeah. life okay so the, connection. the funny thing was that what i no i don't think any of us realized was it was being videoed and then the big the big dogs were watching these videos and then generals three-star generals that were coming out of the military got to pick their favorite speakers and i think there were like seven of us and we ended up speaking there was um uh, greg reed grant cardone charlie hun uh, myself Oh, this was like about five or six years ago, so I forget the rest. I apologize. But we were invited to actually speak in front of three-star generals at the Pentagon. And it was the one and only time they did it. And it was pretty impressive to be walking through the, uh, through the corridors of the Pentagon. Hey, Steve, I, I can imagine some of your packages are tens of thousands of dollars and even yep. more. But is there any – do you have any kind of a mass market kind of a deal? Where, and, or do you stay away from those that only have – a thousand or two thousand dollars type of thing can Do you know we did but again the market's changing you know as as we've come through the millennials and now into disease people want convenience they want quick so we actually launched um a project called taste of blue which is all app based it's not even on the website taste of blue is a concierge in your pocket and you can literally surf you know the top parties around the grammys you know super bowl packages vip trips through italy we're putting everything in the palm of your hand now because you're correct the world is changing it's becoming more app based right it's becoming more people people funny enough they don't want to speak to a, a a fully qualified concierge for an hour on the best things they can do around the oscars they want to be able to look on an app and go hey there's so out on john's oscar party how do i get in i push yeah. the button people want convenience now beautiful beautiful I love so that. In a world I love where that. we are so app obsessed, and you would think that the demise of the traditional travel agent, because everyone can book online, yep. you reinvented the business model almost by not making it about the travel, but about who they're going to see or the experience they're going to have, which obviously commands quite a premium. Well, we can forget that, uh, forget that around travel and just say that it's the exact same for any entrepreneur now. If, if what you've got is a transactional service, then in a very few seconds, Amazon's going to come and take you over. So what we try to do is we try to create an experience. We try to create an impact. And if you've got an experience and an impact, which the pair of those will create a trigger, then there's an emotional bond to you. And that's what breeds loyalties and not some stupid loyalty package. Awesome. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. We've been here with Steve Sims. Uh, founder of Bluefish and author of Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Anything Happen. Steve, for our folks who are interested in the app, the book, and all things blue fishery, where is the best <laughs> place to send them? Uh, probably over to stevedsims.com. And Sims has just got one M. So stevedsims.com. You can find me on Instagram or on an entrepreneur's advantage with me, Steve Sims, on Facebook. So I'm pretty easy to find in those categories. All right. Thank you so much, hey, everyone. For Steve, great to see you again, man. Listening. Look after yourself, Kevin. See you around sometime. Okay, take care. Bye. See you. Bye. 
Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.